Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Alright, let's get this show started. And once again, coming at you on a Tuesday, it is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. On this special Tuesday edition of the show, we have got a great show for you. The coaching carousel in college football continues as we have got a lot of moving pieces and I will discuss who is going where and what is wrong with the Seattle Seahawks. I will take a brief history on the last 10 years of this franchise and what direction are they going and it's not yet December but we have got some baseball moves and I'm going to talk about the impact of the Mets signing Max Scherzer as many of you know I've decided for this week to go back to doing this show five days a week because we do have a lot of sports to get into including local sports in the Chattahoochee Valley I will discuss that and I will Give my alma mater, Freed Hardman University, some props for the Lady Lions defeating an NCAA Division I team. Yes, and that game was on ESPN Plus last night. My alma mater, congratulations to Coach Epperson and the Lady Lions. But let's get right into the show because last night we had more coaching moves in the world of college football as Brian Kelly, Notre Dame head coach, accepts the position at LSU. Now, with Lincoln Riley going to USC and Billy Napier going to Florida, we have another major head coach at a major program leaving for another major program. So the debate is, which is the better job? And what are the expectations for Brian Kelly at LSU? Of course, yesterday I had on my Twitter page, I ran a Twitter poll to see who is going to replace Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Here are some of the candidates that they are talking about at Notre Dame. Current Purdue head coach Jeff Brom. On this poll that I put out, he didn't get any votes. You had Luke Fickle, current Cincinnati head coach. Matt Campbell, the current Iowa State head coach. And what about Urban Meyer? Does Urban Meyer come back, leaves the NFL, and coaches at his dream job? Because at one time... He said that he wanted to coach at Notre Dame. But I'm looking at a sporting news article that states the four best candidates to replace Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. And I forgot to mention current defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman, who is a hot coordinator that was a candidate for some other jobs. He's 35 years old. Maybe he is a rising star being a coach in waiting. It is possible. But Notre Dame is a very highly coveted job. Brian Kelly has done an amazing job at Notre Dame, leading the Fighting Irish to two college football playoff appearances, including a national title appearance against Alabama in 2013. Notre Dame has had a rich tradition in the last century, and they have gone through a revolving door of head coaches to include Tyrone Willingham, Bob Davey, Charlie Weiss. And Notre Dame got their guy. 
Brian Kelly. And he did an amazing job for the past 10 years. But this LSU job is very intriguing. And here's why. Because of the recruits, he can get to Louisiana four- and five-star athletes in the state. And he can also recruit Texas. Yes, He's 60 years old, and he's going to have to be competing with Nick Saban in the SEC West until, of course, Oklahoma and Texas gets into that conference. Now, as for Lincoln Riley leaving for USC, that leaves the Oklahoma job open. And I had a poll yesterday on my Twitter. I ran a lot of polls yesterday. Who is going to be the next head coach at Oklahoma? And 62% of you said it's going to be Bob Stoops. Now, he is going to coach at an interim level in the bowl game. But does Bob Stoops come out of the broadcasting booth at Fox and accepts the head coaching position at Oklahoma? He did win a national championship with them in 2000. He has gone to multiple BCS appearances. And then when he stepped down and Lincoln Riley took over, Lincoln Riley just kept the tradition going, and he provided two Heisman Trophy winners and three college football playoff appearances. So the expectations of Oklahoma is to win the Big 12 and get into the college football playoff. What would the expectations be when they move into the SEC? More likely, it's going to be the SEC West. I see a scenario where Alabama and Auburn moves into the SEC East, kind of makes the West a little bit easier, and Oklahoma would get to compete with Texas A&M, Arkansas, some natural rivalries. That would be fun. And, of course, Texas. I got 23% of you on this poll that said that Josh Heupel, the current Tennessee head coach, could leave the Volunteers after one year to go coach at his alma mater. Remember, Josh Heupel was the quarterback that led the Oklahoma Sooners to the national championship in 2000. On this poll, I also had Matt Campbell and Luke Fickle. You have hot coordinators that are always going to be in consideration for these jobs. I know about a month ago, Mario Cristobal from Oregon was a hot coach. You had James Franklin. He's kind of fizzled after Penn State struggled as of late. You know, Penn State did start out 5-0 and this year. So the head coaching carousel continues into today, and we shall see... Who takes what? But Brian Kelly's going to LSU. We had a head coaching position that was filled yesterday as Fresno State head coach Kalen DeBoer accepts the position at the University of Washington. So the Washington Huskies have their head coach after firing head coach Lake after two seasons. Remember, Chris Peterson stepped down and now Washington has their guy. What are the expectations for DeBoer at Washington? to compete with Oregon, to possibly go to the Pac-12 North title game. There are all sorts of scenarios, but the good thing about these college football teams on the West Coast is the media are not aggressively trying to win now, and we're only going to give you one year, and if you can't win in one year, you're going to be fired. They start seeing a trend of years of recruiting. You get a little bit of leeway. Same with USC. Lincoln Riley's going to the perfect scenario because the Los Angeles media has so many distractions with the Dodgers, the Lakers, you have also UCLA, you have the Clippers, you even have Major League Soccer, you have the Los Angeles Galaxy, and then you have LAFC. And now that LA has two NFL teams, USC is not the only football in town. Lincoln Riley's at a good scenario for him. I'm just excited about these head coaching positions and all the chaos that is going around as we get ready for college football this weekend. 
Championship Saturday. It doesn't get any better than this. Starting with the games on Friday, the Conference USA Championship game, Western Kentucky and and Texas of San Antonio. Then you got Oregon and Utah. Can Utah beat Oregon again for the second time and reach the Rose Bowl? Because that's what's at stake right in here. The winner will go to the Rose Bowl, more than likely to play Ohio State. On Saturday, starting at noon, you have Baylor at 10-2 and taking on Oklahoma State. The Cowboys of Oklahoma State are currently fifth in the AP poll. I'm curious to see what the rankings are going to look like today for the college football playoff. Does Oklahoma State stay at five? Because if Alabama drops to four, a one-loss conference champion and overtake a two-loss Alabama if Alabama were to lose to Georgia. Now we got the Mountain West Championship game. You got Utah State and San Diego State. You got Houston and Cincinnati. Now, this is going to be very interesting because Cincinnati finally plays a ranked team on their schedule. Yeah, they played Notre Dame. They had scheduled pretty good with some Power 5 conference teams like Indiana and Notre Dame. But Cincinnati, I'd like to see where they are in the rankings, if they go up to number 3. or. But Cincinnati will take on Houston. If Cincinnati loses, obviously they're out, and that opens the floodgates for chaos in the college football playoff. I think if Cincinnati loses, Notre Dame has a shot to get in. A two-loss Alabama has a shot to get in. So you got the Big Ten championship game, Michigan and Iowa. Again, if Iowa wins, Michigan is out. And that opens the door for even, as crazy as this sounds, a two-loss Ohio State team. Because Ohio State can make the argument that they are the best two-loss team in the country. Even better than a two-loss Alabama team if they lose to Georgia. And then the ACC title game, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. The winner will more than likely go to the Peach Bowl. So interesting to see that. And then, of course, the big game, number one versus number three, according to this poll. We don't know where Alabama is going to fall in the rankings. Georgia and Alabama. Can Georgia exercise the demons that Kirby Smart has had against Nick Saban the last three times that Kirby has played Nick Saban. I don't want to remind you, Georgia fans, 2018, the national championship game, up 20-7 to with the ball in Alabama territory. Yes, they let that one slip away. SEC title game 2018, Georgia up 28-14. to Arthur Lynch with a big reception in field goal range. And reliable kicker Rodrigo Blankenship misses a field goal that would have put Georgia up 31-14. Yes, they lost that game too. Last year in Tuscaloosa, Georgia was down 7-0 in this game. Mac Jones threw a pick in the beginning of the game. Georgia had a 24-17 lead and the ball to start the second half. But they allowed Alabama to kick a field goal right before the end of the half. And Georgia was in Alabama territory once again with a 24-20 lead. The last three times Georgia has played Alabama, Georgia has had a lead, and they let it slip away. Kirby Smart is going to motivate his players not even to think about those games. It's not going to be in their head. Georgia is clearly the best team in college football. Defense is historic. One of the best defenses in the last 10 years. Clearly, this is a rebuilding year for Alabama. Nick Saban's going to admit that. He's telling his players to have fun. It's just an uncharacteristic Nick Saban. He knows what's at stake. He knows that they have a shot. He's going to coach his players up, but they might not even have Brian Robinson in this game. He might be out with an injury. I'd like to see this game because I want to see 
how Georgia, they get punched in the mouth. Do they get off the mat and respond? Because no team in college football has tested Georgia this season. If you want to count Clemson in the beginning of the season, yeah, and Georgia did get a touchdown on a pick six. But it was the first game of the season, and Georgia was still trying to figure out some things on offense. Does George Pickens make an impact for the Bulldogs? He had one reception for five yards in the game against Georgia Tech. I'd like to see that as well. All right, we had a Monday night football game last night. And, of course, the Washington football team back into playoff consideration after beating the Seattle Seahawks 17-15. Russell Wilson marches down and gets a 32-yard touchdown pass to Freddie Swain. And the Seahawks miss the two-point conversion. And Seattle is now 3-8 and eight on the season, while the Washington football team is 5-6. and six. What is wrong with the Seattle Seahawks? You can't make that excuse for Russell Wilson that he was out with an injury for three games. Because when he came back, the Seahawks are 0-3 since his return. I don't know what to think of the Seahawks. I can't put heads or tails on it. But Pete Carroll has got to go. Pete Carroll's old-school, rah-rah mentality, players, coach, it does not work in today's NFL. It worked when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl back in 2013 with the Legion of Boom. They were carried by the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. In Russell Wilson's second season, he won a Super Bowl, but he didn't have to do much. And then they lose the Super Bowl the following year to the New England Patriots. We all know the story. They failed to run Marshawn Lynch at the goal line, Malcolm Butler with the interception, and the Patriots win the Super Bowl. If the Seahawks would have won back-to-back Super Bowls, we're talking about a dynasty the last decade because that was what was happening. Like most dynasties or close dynasties, they all run its course. Even the New England Patriots right now, I know that Mac Jones looks great, but they've got to win a Super Bowl for that dynasty to come back, and that would be impressive for Belichick to get a second dynasty. There's usually not a drop-off when it comes to quarterbacks going back-to-back. I was spoiled as a 49ers fan going from Joe Montana to Steve Young, but even after Steve Young, we still had Jeff Garcia. That was just a great system. Folks, the Seahawks have not been a very well-run franchise before Russell Wilson got there. I know Matt Hasselbeck led them to a Super Bowl in 2005, and they also had the late Tavares Jackson on their team. He was the quarterback before Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson gave them stability for 10 years. He saved Pete Carroll's job. But when you go offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator, starting with Daryl Bevel, who will always be forever known for not running Marshawn Lynch at the goal line, After Darrell Bevel, you had Brian Schottenheimer. Now, he was a failed offensive coordinator at the University of Georgia, the son of the late Marty Schottenheimer. Still, a vanilla offense. And now Shane Waldron. There hasn't been any creativity. There hasn't been any schematics, designs. And then now you're in a division with three hot offensive coaches. And Cliff Kingsbury is an up-and-coming head coach. Could be coach of the year for the Arizona Cardinals. You have Sean McVay. And Kyle Shanahan, who are rising stars in this league. It's an offensive league. And Pete Carroll is just way past his time. It's time for Pete Carroll to go. And the Seahawks need to get an offensive-minded head coach. Get somebody in there. I don't care if they go get Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen is looking for a job. Go get Dan Mullen because he left Florida. Get an offensive head coach in there. Build this team around Russell Wilson. And let Russell Wilson do his job. 
Be aggressive on offense. Let him throw on first down. Let him use his legs to make plays. So the Seahawks are in trouble. Now, as a 49ers fan, and they play the Seahawks next week, and by the way, that game that got flexed out of the Sunday night game could benefit the 49ers because I was really worried about the 49ers going into Quest Field on a Sunday night with that rowdy fan base. It usually turns out ugly for the 49ers when they have to play the Seahawks on Sunday night football. But I feel a little bit more confident that the 49ers can win this game, but I'm skeptical that the old Russell Wilson will come back and the superstar Russell Wilson that has broken the hearts of 49ers fans could return. And of course, the 49ers, they're going to be without Fred Warner and Debo Samuel for this game. So it'll be very interesting. All right, I'm done with my Seahawks rant for the day. You know, we don't even have December 1st yet. The winter meetings haven't even started, and we've got some baseball moves. The New York Mets signing Max Scherzer to a three-year, $130 million deal. Scherzer is 37 years old. He had his best season last year with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers, who have the highest payroll in baseball, could not pony up to get him the contract. And the New York Mets now have Scherzer and DeGrom as their number one and number two starters. They also they already have Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor. Does this make the Mets the favorites in the NL East now? Obviously, with the Braves winning the World Series, the New York Mets are trying to be aggressive in free agency. You also have Corey Seager getting a big contract with the Texas Rangers, which gives the Dodgers leeway to Gavin Lux to be the everyday starting shortstop. With the Dodgers losing two players, will they be aggressive in free agency? And are they still the odds-on favorites to win the World Series in 2022? I know baseball just ended. We're about to have the winter meetings. And the big question on everybody's mind, especially all you Braves fans, what is it going to take to get Freddie Freeman to re-sign that extension and keep him in Atlanta. That's what everybody wants to know. As many of you know, I'm the PA announcer for Russell County High Basketball. They got a game tonight against Barber County. Of course, that game at home was canceled. Something about Barber County canceling games. They canceled a football game on us. Russell County is 2-2 two and two on the season, and their first home game in the new gymnasium will be on Wednesday, so I will be calling that game, and then I will also call the game against Central this Saturday, and I'm calling three games. It's a triple header. You got the JV team, you got the girls team, and you have the boys team. So good luck to the Russell County Warriors. I will try to implement more high school basketball on this show because we do have some very talented high school basketball teams across the Chattahoochee Valley. Now that football season is almost coming to a close, I will not forget about this championship game coming up this Wednesday at the Protective Stadium in Birmingham. Central taking on Thompson. Central went through their regular season undefeated. They were really not tested all year. Caleb Nix has done a great job. They have a very talented wide receiver, Carmelo English. Looks like he's going to be a four-star wide receiver. And it's going to play somewhere in college football someday. Taking on Thompson, the two-time state champions that lost to Hoover earlier this season. So they have one loss on their record, but they're still a great team. And they'll play each other this Wednesday. This Friday, we got two massive games in the Chattahoochee Valley. Carver is hosting Cedartown at Memorial Stadium in Columbus. And then you got Callaway traveling to Thomasville. All the way down 
South in Georgia, and Callaway is in the semifinals. So both teams in the semifinals, it's going to be great. I'm going to talk about that on my high school show on Friday. Before I close the show, I want to give props to my alma mater. As many of you know, I am a graduate of Freed Hardman University. I was their part-time play-by-play announcer for the girls' and men's basketball team, and mainly the full-time play-by-play announcer for baseball. But our girls' basketball team out of NAIA won the NAIA championship in 2018. I'm also known for being critical of the team because I'm just a passionate fan. I love the team. But I took some heat in 2017 when they were heavy favorites going into the Final Four. I got ripped by some of the players and some of the fans on Facebook that still don't talk to me to this day, even though I've apologized over and over and over again. I love how cancel culture is just, you can't really cancel me because I'm I'm doing this podcast and I don't work for anybody. I work for myself. You can't cancel me. All right, so I was very happy that I praised them for winning the NAIA title in 2018, but what they did yesterday trumps all of that. They defeated an NCAA Division I team, North Alabama. This game was televised on ESPN+. And yes, I have an ESPN Plus account, and yes, I watched this game. North Alabama is a team out of the Atlantic Sun Conference in NCAA Division I, and Freed Hardman was able to beat them. This is an accomplishment for Coach Epperson. Doing a great job, actually, with the Lady Lions. He took over for the legendary head coach, Dale Neal, that led the Lady Lions to the 2018 National Championship. You know, I haven't been to Henderson, Tennessee since 2011. I just want to know, is there a sign going into Henderson that says, home of the 2018 NAIA champions? I'd like to know if there's a sign, if it exists, and if you could, could you take a picture for me? Or I could just Google it. i just curious. I love signs. I love banners. I know that they're hanging that championship banner proudly at the Brewer Sports Center. I've always had a dream of being either the sports information director for Freed Harmon or being the full-time play-by-play announcer for all their sports teams on 91.5. The Lion, which used to be 91.5 WFHC. I have a lot of ties to the radio station there. That's where I got my start in broadcasting. And I'm really just thankful that Freed Hardman gave me an opportunity to call sports on the air because that translated into me calling games as a PA announcer for Russell County football and now basketball. Well, that's it. That's my show. I do want to thank everybody that has downloaded my podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. Guess what, everybody? I'm doing this show five days this week. And now next week, I go back to three days. There's so much sports that I want to cover on this show. And I really thank you, the listener, that has supported this podcast. Share this with your friends and family. Like my Facebook page. And don't forget to write a comment on the Apple Podcast page. Because I'm found on Apple Podcasts. I'm found on Spotify. I'm found on Anchor, Stitcher, Radiocast, you name it. Any podcast platform I have, I'm on it. So thank you for tuning in to the show, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor. 
Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.